Good morning, City Church. This is Jeremy Pryor bringing you a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's Word, a moment of grace. This week I suffered the kind of professional setback that really makes you wonder whether it's all worth it. At one level, I know that the works of my hands are merely sandcastles that the tide will wash out to sea later tonight. Yet despite this knowledge in my day-to-day world, I live convinced that I'm establishing a foundation that will last at least through the end of my lifetime. I think I can secure my own destiny. I think I can win. Thus, when a massive and unforeseen professional earthquake occurs, it leads me to quickly despair. And I realize that I put my hope in something other than Christ. By God's grace, in today's lectionary readings, I have been chastened and comforted by the themes of Christ's vindication, his victory, and his vengeance, and also by parts of Boethius's Consolation of Philosophy, but that's a subject for another podcast. Psalm 91 tells us that the man who trusts in the Lord will be vindicated. In verses 7 and 8, the psalmist describes a warrior in battle who witnesses the falling of a thousand at his side and ten thousand at his right hand. And then he affirms that the utter devastation and defeat he witnessed will not come near him. Rather, the warrior will see the recompense of the wicked. Perhaps more to the point, the psalmist goes on to describe why this will be the result. It is because this man has made the Lord his dwelling place. Therefore, the Lord will vindicate the warrior's trust with the protection of angels and victory over the lion and the adder. He will answer when the psalmist calls. He will rescue him, honor him, and satisfy him with long life and salvation. To be vindicated is to be proved right. So often it seems as though God's response to the faith that we've put in him to answer our prayers, to establish the work of our hands, or to demonstrate that he is real in the face of the world's mockery, is silence. That can be especially true for me when I see the failures of the church or when things don't go as I hoped. Yet the psalmist has no hesitation in saying that this will not ultimately be true, God will vindicate the one who trusts in him. Similarly, we read in Matthew 16 of how Jesus responds to Peter's affirmation of the truth that Christ is the son of the living God by declaring that the church is destined for victory over the gates of hell. I don't know about you, but most days when I wake up, I don't look around and go, wow, the church is sure doing great. Look at all the winning it's doing. If anything, when I survey the state of the church, I think it looks pretty weak and ineffective, much more of a loser than a winner. And I certainly don't pray with an expectation of the church's success. Yet Christ, knowing that the truth of Psalm 91, specifically including that part that the devil tempted him with in the desert, lay on the other side of the cross, had no qualms about affirming such a bold prediction. Jesus' claim also reminds us that victory will come from his work. Jesus says he will build his church, not Peter. Too often we think that victory will come in our strength, on our timetable, with our personal satisfaction, when in fact the Bible tells us just the opposite. Victory will come through the work of God the Father by Christ through his Spirit. And finally, in Revelation 19, vengeance. When I asked my wife for her impression of this passage describing Jesus, she called it heavy metal. I think that's just right. And while given our current cultural context, we tend to shy away from the reality of God's justice, I think that's a mistake. Without Christ's vengeance as a backdrop for our actions, life loses most of its flavor. It fades into blandness and ultimately meaninglessness. A lack of justice leaves one of the deepest desires of our hearts unfulfilled and asks us to accept that Christ's victory will ultimately make things a bit better or more tolerable, 
but not right. Of course, just as ultimately Christ is the one vindicated and Christ is the one victorious, so Christ is the one avenged. Some commentators argue that the blood of Christ's robes is not the blood of his enemies, but rather the blood of the martyrs whose deaths were described earlier in the book of Revelation. I think that's probably true and provides important context for the vision of Jesus treading the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. Jesus doesn't indiscriminately dole out violence. He secures justice for those who died with, for and with his name, the word of God, in their mouths. Friends, it's all true for us too. In Christ, we share in all of these things with him. I know it doesn't feel like it to me as often as it should. I know that my circumstances and my idols hold me back from experiencing these things as I ought. But I pray that we hold on to these truths today, and especially when the great setbacks in life come. Until next time, City Church, stay well and do good. City Church is a weekday podcast produced by the staff and members of City Church of Richmond, located in Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about us, please visit citychurchrva.com. That's C-I-T-Y-C-H-U-R-C-H-R-V-A.com. And thanks for listening.